Welcome to Freedom for Anyone Ministry Podcast. Here at FAM, we believe that no matter who you are, where you come from, or what you've done, freedom is waiting on you through the work of Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed by this week's message. Anybody ready for the word? Y'all ready for the word? Amen. I got two people. That's all right. Anybody else? Amen. I got five or six. That'll work. That's right. We rolling. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Exodus. I want you, I want you just to hold your place in Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 22. I just want you to hold it. I want you to just find that place and hold it, okay? Because I want to bring out another story just real quick because I feel like it's pertinent. I feel like it's pertinent. In the book of Matthew, I believe it is, there's a woman whose daughter is sick. Anybody know this story? The woman comes to Jesus and she's following after Jesus, trying to get to him. And she's calling out to him. And she's asking Jesus to heal her daughter. And the Bible says that Jesus does not respond to this woman. He doesn't respond to her at all. He just keeps walking. And that seems odd. It seems odd that Jesus wouldn't immediately respond, being who he was. And the disciples... The disciples, uh, they start feeling themselves, and the disciples tell Jesus, they say, Jesus, send her away. She's crying after us. Send her away. The last time I brought this out, I said, ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. <laughs> and the disciples thought that they're not crying after you. They talking, she tried to get to Jesus. And the Bible says that she chased him down and got his attention. And she asked him to heal her daughter. And the Bible says Jesus told her, he said, it's not meat for me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. He said, it's not meat, it's not proper for me to take what should be going to the house of Israel and give it to someone who is not of the house of Israel. And she said, truth, Lord. She said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus replied to her, oh, woman, great is thy faith. Y'all know that story? That's the title of the sermon this morning. Oh, woman, great is thy faith. Every mother in this room, raise your hand. Every mom. Every mom. Do you know how often these women have to operate in faith? Every time they send their child to school, they operate in faith. Every time they let them get on a school bus, they're operating in faith. Every time they let them do this or that, they have to be operating in faith. Because even though you love them, you can't be where they are all the time. Oh, woman, great is thy faith. So I'm going to go to another story in the book of Exodus the book of Exodus, and I want you to see what this mother did. You all know the story, but I want to bring it to you the way God gave it to me. Amen? 
So go to the book of Exodus chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 22. We're going to start at verse 22. Now, what has happened? What has happened? The, the, the children of Israel have been here for quite some time. They've multiplied. They've multiplied. And now there's a Pharaoh that has risen up, this Pharaoh who does not know Joseph, doesn't remember Joseph, and so he enslaves God's people. Right? He enslaves God's people. Verse 22. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. O oh, woman, great is thy faith. We're going to see in a second how this woman had to operate in faith. The Bible says about the time that this woman gave birth, about the time, the Bible says, that she gave birth, here's a decree from Pharaoh that says, I want you to take all the children, the males, and I want you to throw them in the river. I want you to throw them in the river because uh, he was trying to kill them. Uh, I want to point some things out to you real quick. Um, if you got people, just real fast, if you got people that's hating on you, uh, you got people that don't like you, people trying to run you down, don't worry. It's because you're multiplying too much for them. That's, that's what happened with the Pharaoh. Pharaoh saw that God's people were multiplying. They were, they were becoming great. When you get great, that's when folks come out to, 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 to harass you. When you get great, when you, when you ain't doing nothing, don't nobody really care to talk about you. That's why when I hear negative things about myself, I smile. When somebody's talking about me, I smile. Because somebody know who I am. I must be doing something right. Huh? The Bible says they, they got great. And so Pharaoh said, you know what? We're going to enslave them. And then when enslavement wouldn't work, he said, we're going to kill them. All right? Let's go to chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 1. Chapter 2. Start at verse 1. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. Huh? About this time. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. The Bible says that this woman had been pregnant, gave birth, and is hiding a baby for three full months. Do you know what it takes to hide a baby for three full months? Do you have any idea of the, in, the ingenuity, the, 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 the wisdom that had to take place for this woman to hide a baby for three full months? You have any idea? You know, sometimes when we read the word of God, we just read it and we don't pay much attention to it. But every time the baby starts crying, every time the baby starts cooing, it's an opportunity for one of the Egyptian soldiers to come and rip that baby away from her. Every time something happens, every time the door opens, it's an opportunity for that baby to be ripped away. So she, the whole time, for three months, she's operating in faith that God is going to keep this baby no matter what's going on. For three months, can you imagine? I got a little boy. I got a little boy. 
I couldn't keep that boy quiet for three minutes. Three minutes, three hours, I'm done. They would have found me, my wife, my kids, and all of us. But three months, this mother took care of this baby. She fed him and nobody found him. She clothed him and nobody found him. She pampered him, nobody found him. She was hiding this baby for three months because his life was at stake. Mothers, you can cover your children for so long, but there comes a point when you're going to have to let them go. There's going to come a point where you're going to have to say, hey, I can no longer hide or shield you from the world in which we live. I'm going to have to let you go. See, we're supposed to operate in faith, go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. What do you mean, Pastor Keith? It was one level of faith to keep him quiet. It's a whole nother level to let him go. It's a whole nother le level to let him go. When, when you let the baby go, uh, we haven't got there yet, but when you let the baby go, do you know what you're saying? God, I trust you. When you let that baby go, you're saying, God, I can't do for this baby what you can. And a lot of people are trying to care for the baby in the position that God himself is supposed to be in. There comes a point where it says, God, I've done everything I can do. You're going to have to step in and take this for me. So it's one level of faith to hide him, feed him, make sure he's quiet, right? Huh? It's a whole other level of faith. To get rid of him. The Bible says she saw he was a special baby. Before the world ever sees how special your child is, you do first. As a parent, as a mother, can't nobody tell you something about your child that you don't know. The Bible says that this mother saw he was special. The mother had him and saw he was special. Now, I, I want to make this point to you. I think that every mother that has a baby thinks their baby is the most specialist baby in the world. Yes, they do. If I asked you to point right now, some of y'all ain't even got kids here. You would just point up because they live in a state above you. My baby, this baby is that one. And then those of you who have multiple kids are really in trouble. You're going to have to do like this. Point at all your kids. The Bible says she saw he was special. Now, understand the situation they are in. I want you to think about this. I'm setting up, don't worry. I want you to think about the fact that not only is somebody trying to kill her baby, but she's a slave at this time. She's a slave at this time. She's not free to do whatever she wants to do. She's not free to go wherever she wants to go. She's not free to say whatever she wants to say. She's a slave, and she still has the ability to hide this baby. You're talking about tough. You're talking about tough. There's, there's a certain type of strength that a mother has that I don't think anybody else does. I really believe that. That's, that's not to, to, to get a whoop whoop from anybody. I really believe that there's a certain level of strength that a mother has that a man just won't have. There's a certain type of strength that a father has that a woman won't have. But there's a certain love that a mother has for her child that we just don't get. We just don't get it. We try. We try the best that we can to understand, but we just don't. Anyway, the Bible says, verse 3, But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket and made a, made a papyrus reed. And waterproofed it with tar and pitch. 
She put the baby in a basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. You want to see something funny? You want to see something funny? She actually obeyed Pharaoh's edict. You know, he said, I want you to take every baby and I want you to throw him in the Nile River. Now, she put him in the Nile River, but she just made sure that he wasn't going to sink. Mothers, that's your job. You're going to have to do what God tells you to do with them babies, but it's your job to prepare where, where they are to make sure that they don't sink when they go out from you. You can't, you can't hold that baby all the way through the Nile River. You can't pack them through. You can't fight off all Pharaoh on your own. But what you can do is you can put some tar on that thing and make sure it can float. You can teach that baby how to be a man if it's a boy, and you can teach him how to be a teacher how to be a young lady if it's a girl. Huh? You can teach them what it is out there in the world. You can teach them how to respect somebody and how to receive respect and what it is to give it. Right. Amen? Amen. So she put him in the basket and floated him down the river. Verse 4. The baby sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Verse 5. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river. Do you think that it's a coincidence that at the same time she decides to let her baby go? Here come Pharaoh's daughter to take a bath. Sometimes, y'all, we think that we just care for a baby. She wasn't just caring for a baby. She was actually in unison with God. She was working with God concerning somebody that was going to come and deliver their people. When you see your children, mother, understand that you are operating with God concerning that child. You're operating according to something sovereign, something beautiful. See, if you treat the baby like it's a normal, regular baby, then it might just grow up to be normal and regular. But if you see something special in your child and you treat them as such, they might grow up to do something special. But he could not have done anything special unless she was willing to let him go. We, we cover, we try to cover, we try to cover when we should let go. Because God is the one that's ordering. God is the one that's keeping. God is the one that's directing this child. It's not going to be you. It's going to be God. Amen? Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to go get it. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby, the little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find the Hebrew woman to nurse the baby for you? Notice, they didn't just leave the baby out there. Here's a sister. Hey, sisters. Hey, sisters. How y'all doing, sisters? How y'all doing, sisters? Uh, hey, keep an eye on your brother real quick. Sisters, you got a job to do. Your mothers can only do so much. Your, the mothers can only do so much, but it's going to take a sister uh, or a brother to come and watch the baby. Make sure he's all right. Make sure he get from point A to point B. Amen? I hope y'all sticking with me, understand where I'm going. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. She went and called the baby's mother. Wait a minute. 
they let the baby go. Now, now watch this, y'all. If, 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 watch how God works. If the Pharaoh had said, I'm going to kill all the babies, before this baby was born, do you think she would have had it? You think she would have had the baby? She probably wouldn't try not to have the baby. What if his edict had come after the baby was born? She wouldn't have sent him down the Nile. See, when the enemy comes and he threatens your children and you let them go at the right time, they're going to find just where they're supposed to be. And then the Bible says he, they came and got the mother to nurse her own baby. She was able to go nurse her own baby and get paid. You're talking about favor because she was able to let him go. It takes faith to let your babies go. It takes faith to watch them wander away. It takes faith not to have your hands on everything all the time. It takes faith to let the sister do the, the watching. It takes faith to put them in the basket. It takes faith to trust that God's going to bring you back into their life. It takes faith, woman. It takes faith. It takes faith. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. It's quiet out of here. Maybe y'all listening to me. That's what that is. It takes faith to let the baby go, mother. It takes faith. can't do this by yourself. So the mother gets the opportunity to care for her own child. Now watch this. But she didn't get to care for the baby as if it was her own. It had still been taken by Pharaoh's daughter. Right? It had still been assumed. Pharaoh's daughter had taken him for herself. Imagine the pain of this mother. To know that that's my biological, and so I want to talk to all the mothers that may not be able to have children biologically. You, you can still be a mother to somebody, just like Pharaoh's daughter, because this wasn't her biological son, yet she was the mother to Moses. Anyway, anyway, uh, uh, she wasn't able to take him, her own biological baby, as her own. She had to raise him, but then she had to give him to somebody else. Mothers, that's called get, they get married. <laughs> When, when, when they get married, you're going to have to give them to another woman as, if it's a boy. Huh? You're going to have to learn how to let go and give him away. This is just practical. I'm trying to help you practically. You're going to have to learn how to let go and give him away. So the pain that she might have felt to give this child away that she had carried in her body must have been immense. Immense. But she did it nonetheless. She said, the princess Take this baby and nurse him for me. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took the baby and nursed him at home. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. And the princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him up out of the water. I want to make a few points to you, and then I'm going to get out of your way this morning. I'm going to make a few points. I know it's Mother's Day, and I'm going to get out of the way. The first point I want to make to you, as I've said before, mothers, you're going to have to let go. Can I get an amen from anybody in here? You're going to have to let go if you want God to intervene. As long as that mother kept the baby, God could not step in. 
I'm going to say it again. As long as the mother kept the baby, God could not step in the way he wanted to. He would not be Moses the deliverer. He would not be Moses of Mount Sinai. He would not be Moses to lead God's people to Canaan if she had not let go of the baby. You're going to have to learn how to let go. And I know that's difficult. I know that's difficult. But as a mother, you have to have the faith to do so. I saw uh, Jalea come home yesterday. Thank God for Jalea being here with us this morning. Amen. I saw Jalea come home from college yesterday. And Jalea drives a Mustang. Amen, somebody. Jalea drives a Mustang. Now she all embarrassed. She drives a Mustang, and she's driving from San Antonio. I remember Jalea when she was a little bitty old girl with pigtails. And now she's driving a Mustang two and a half hours from South Texas to Central Texas. You can't tell me that don't take faith. Then, then she said, hey, when I get home, I'm going to drive to Waco. I thought to myself, wow, I would be terrified. My daughter's only 11. I can't imagine letting her drive from anywhere, let alone San Antonio. Y'all must not have driven in San Antonio. My sisters back there know what's up with San Antonio. If, if a pothole don't get you, a, a Tahoe will. I'm just, it's just real. It's just the truth. San Antonio's a dangerous place. The next point I want to make to you is that God is sovereign. Amen, somebody. God is sovereign. When you let that baby go, mother, you have to trust that there's a God that's going to protect him or her. You're going to have to let go and trust God's sovereignty. She didn't know what was going to happen to her child. She had no guarantees that that baby was going to make it. No guarantee that Miriam was going to be able to walk alongside him during the bank. No guarantee that, the, that the, the Pharaoh's daughter was going to come and draw him out of the basket. No guarantee, but she prepared for it. She prepared. And she trusted in God's sovereignty. You're going to have to trust in God's sovereignty with these children. I see a lot of kids get messed up because mommy don't want to let God take over. You're going to have to let God take over. You're going to have to, now, now, the first thing you have to do in order for God to take over is you have to let them know who God is. You're going to have to let them know who God is. I'm not telling you, listen, I'm not even telling you you have to force feed Jesus. I'm not even telling you that. Give them the opportunity at least. Give them the opportunity to get to know who he is. Give them the opportunity to be able to say his name for themselves. Mothers. That's the second point. The last point I want to make to you. Is be confident in the love that you have for them. Be confident in the love that you have for them. Don't worry about it. Be confident in the love. I, like I said before, I've never seen such love when I see a mother with her children. My mom's back there. I remember when it was a bunch of us. It was so many, I could not remember exactly how many because it was people that didn't belong to her with us. It was people from up the street and down the street. And it would be seven, eight kids. And it would be us and my mom. Huh? It would be us and her. Now somebody got to pay for food. Somebody got to pay for clothes. Somebody got to pay for lights. Now, And I finally learned that when the lights go off, so does the oven. The oven don't work if the lights don't work. It's a big deal. 
It's a big deal. But the love of a mother says, let me get up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning when everybody else is asleep. And let me go hustle up some money wherever I can. The love of a mother will. I remember when I was young, when my mom got saved, she, was, she would be praying at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And I would hear her speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. And she'd be talking to God about her children. The love of a mother will do that. The love that you have for your kids, even if you cannot protect them physically, you can cover them spiritually. You can raise them up spiritually. You can give, give them the tools that they need to be able to call on the right names at the right time. That's real love. I may not be able to protect you all the time, but I can give you a name that's above every name. I may not be able to give you all the money in the world, but I can give you a name that's above every name. The name of Jesus is what I can give to you. When you can't call on nobody else, I can give you the name of Jesus. I can tell you that he died for you. I can tell you that he lived for you. I can tell you that he heals you. I can tell you that he delivers you when you call on him. I can give you some tools. The love of a mother will do that. When you don't have nothing else to rely on, the love of God in you. See, that the love of a mother comes from God. Did you know the love of a mother comes from God? It does. You don't have, we don't have as human beings the capacity to love another human being the way mothers love their children on our own. You don't have it. You don't have it. To see a mother go pick up a car off of a child, you ain't got it. Something starts to happen in your body that comes from God and God alone. They call it adrenaline. But the love of a mother will cause her to go out there and lift the car up off the baby. I saw the other day it was a baby that was taken by a bear. No joke. You, uh, Facebook is good for some stuff, Byron. And uh, uh, the baby got snatched up by the bear. And the bear was on the fence. And I watched the mother run outside. Here's, here's a bear, a grizzly bear. I'm not talking about no little bitty bear. Here's a big brown bear, like the book, big brown bear. Anyway, it's a, here's a big brown bear. And the mother runs out there with no regard for herself. And grabs the baby from the bear. You want to talk about some love? That's love from God. That's the only kind of love that can come. He, she went out and grabbed the baby, turned and ran back. And this is a bear. I know some folks that say, hey, if you got him, you got him. Finders keepers. Finders keepers. Huh? I know that's right. Finders keepers. But she didn't let the bear take her baby. The picture of Jesus, really. It's the picture of Jesus, the shepherd that goes to get the sheep. You go find that sheep no matter what. I see mothers all the time on Facebook. Hey, can you find, help me find my children? Can you help me find them? They're lost. I don't know where they are. They're on Facebook. They're on the news. They're everywhere. They're in the newspaper. Can you help me find my child? It's the love of a mother. So this day I celebrate and I salute you, mother. I just wanted you to see yourself in the scripture. See your faith in the scripture. There's a lot of times when you're going to have to operate on faith because you're not going to be able to be there. You're not going to be able to provide like you want to. You're not going to be able to fix every problem like you'd like to. You're going to have to rely on faith. You're going to have to have great faith if you want to raise great children. I'm going to say that one more time. You're going to have to have great faith if you want to raise great children. 
Stand to your feet with me this morning. It's Mother's Day. I made it quick. I made it simple. Try to get you out of here. Not because I don't like you, but because you got stuff to do. The Bible says to children, to honor your father and your mother. To give honor to whom honor is due. Right? The Bible says that. So, Mama, I honor you on Mother's Day, and I love you. Amen? That's my mother right there, Connie Brown. Probably shouldn't say that on Facebook. Then everybody know where we are. Children, honor your father. Honor your mother. Show them that you love them now. For every person that lost a mother, we're praying for you. We love you. We're praying for you. We ask God to strengthen you too. Amen? For the woman that can have children and may want to, See yourself in this story. Pharaoh, his daughter did not have Moses. But Moses was her son, nonetheless. God can still provide you with a child, even if your body doesn't want to cooperate. Amen? And maybe it's a niece, maybe it's a nephew. You can pour into their life as a parent. Keep them straight. Making bad decisions and stuff. Amen. Again, put your hands together for all the mothers in this place. That is actually my first Mother's Day service as a pastor. My first one. It'll get better, I think. My Lord, what do you do on Mother's Day? Mothers, we have a gift for you. JB, could you do me a favor? And um, you know what? Yeah, bring me those boxes underneath the bar. Counter. We don't have a bar in church. We have a counter, a really big one that looks like a bar. See, I told you about that church. They crazy over there. Freedom for anyone. Free to do what? Go to the bar. I know that's what somebody going to say. It's a bar, but you don't have to do the wrong stuff. We have a gift for every mother. It's not, not much, but it's just something to let you know we were thinking about you. Okay? Just something to let you know we were thinking about you. Constance, do me a favor. Don't let my son bite you, because he will. Uh, get your sister-in-law and bring them and the babies and everybody, bring them on back in. Tell them, Pastor Keith is wrecking their class time, and I want them to come on back. All right, sit them right there on the... I know this is not the most elegant or eloquent presentation, but... Uh, we went and got y'all a bun cake. <laughs> Thank you.
Amen. Yeah. And so, yeah, get those over for me, Jimmy, because I can't do it. I'm going to rip the box. And so I would like, when they finally get those boxes open, because they are wrapped something fierce, I would like to have every mother come by and grab, or JB can hand you whatever one you want. Yeah, JB will do it for me. Yeah, just come from wherever you are, mothers. If you could come on this side, JB will hand you a bunt cake. Come on, come on, I know you want one. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. You know you want a bun cake. Every mom. trouble. And if you're a great-grandmama and there's enough, get three. We don't want no cake is what I'm saying. We don't want no cake when we're done. Yeah. 